Hello, it's that special time of year again, and this is your favorite elf, Howard Burkett, and I'm feeling full of the Christmas holiday spirit. And I just want to let you know that we are about to share with you for the third year our special bonus episode of our Off the Shelf podcast about the Christmas Carol. A special reading from some friends of ours. And this year, we're going to add this special episode to our other library-sponsored podcast, the one with the Master Gardeners, Digging for Answers, which again is a production that we do as partners with the Historical Society and the Library Association. Since the five readers of the chapters of this great work Charles Dickens' The Christmas Carol, are all still currently in their positions as Susquehanna County Commissioners or board members of the Library Association, we didn't need to re-record their contributions. And if you subscribe to the Off the Shelf or the Digging for Answers podcast, you're going to automatically get the remaining four episodes as we finish off the first one here today. For this special reading, we will be releasing one of the five chapters about every three or four days. I do wish to take just a moment to acknowledge outgoing association board member and current president Jeffrey Burkett. Yes, he is my brother, but I want to thank him for his contributions to the association. Jeff is one of the readers in this special podcast series. He, along with board member George Connors, will be termed out of their positions at the end of December, but I know them both well enough to know that they're going to stay very active with the association. Thank you both for everything that you have done for the staff and the patrons over your time with the board. Speaking of helping others, if you are an Amazon shopper, And did you know that that's 79% of Americans? That you can use your Smile Amazon account and a percentage of your purchase total price will be donated by Amazon.com to the Library Association. It only takes a few minutes to set it up on your Amazon account and it does not cost you anything extra when you go to place an order. It's just that you need to log in to Smile Amazon, purchase like you normally would, and then if you've identified this organization as your charity, once a quarter, we get a check. It's a way for Amazon to donate to nonprofits based on the purchases that their patrons take. Since setting this up about two years ago, the association to date has received $987.38. I know the exact amount because I just looked online. Check it out on our website or ask any of our locations next time you're in. A staff member should be able to help you set the account up. And again, it only takes a few moments. So, I'm going to close this brief introduction with my best wishes for you, the listeners, to have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year as we welcome in. 2023, a short time from now. Enjoy the podcast series, 
and please consider contacting us to let us know if you enjoyed it. Spread the word also. Merry Christmas to everyone. Welcome back. We're going to continue with the next stave of our holiday classic from Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carol. We hope you're enjoying what you've heard so far and that you'll be back for the remaining parts. So without further ado, here we go. And we're going to give a quick recap in case you did miss that first stave slash chapter. Hello, this is Howard, and welcome to a special episode of our Off the Shelf podcast. On behalf of the board members and the staff of the Susquehanna County Historical Society and Free Library Association, we want to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. We have a five-part podcast starting today, with the next four parts being released each of the following four days. This is a very special reading of one of the best-known holiday stories written by Charles Dickens, titled A Christmas Carol in Prose Being a Ghost Story of Christmas. We know it better as just The Christmas Carol. Here's a little bit of history about the story pulled from one of my favorite websites, Wikipedia, and you can find out more about the book and Charles Dickens if you want to run to the Wikipedia site later on and check it out. But here's some things that I learned by that visit. The first edition of the book was published and released on the 19th of December, 1843, which by my math was 177 years ago from today. Mr. Dickens was having a little bit of financial issues and had spent six weeks writing this particular book. Now, he was an established author before this, but authors have their ups and downs. The first printing was for 6,000 copies, and he started on the 19th of December, 1843, as I said, and by Christmas Eve, six days later, all of those copies were sold out. It was a hit. By the end of the following year, 1844, there were another 13 editions were released. The story was not the first Christmas story that Charles Dickens wrote. He actually wrote three before this title, and then four more after The Christmas Carol was released. The Christmas Carol, though, is definitely the most popular. Starting in 1849, Mr. Dickens started doing public readings of the books, doing over 127 of those readings over 21 years until his death in 1870. The Christmas Carol is considered the favorite Charles Dickens book in the United States, selling over 2 million copies in the first 100 years of the publication. The book is divided into five staves or chapters. We're going to have a different reader in each of those five episodes. Our readers are members of our local community that do have a connection to the library. You may recognize their voice as they start to read each chapter or stave, and at the end, I will let you know who they are 
and what their connection is to the library. I want to thank all five of them before we start. We are so very happy that they were willing to share with us, and I think they all had a great time doing it. And if you know who they are, please let them know that you enjoyed these recordings. If you're not familiar with the book, you can check a copy of The Christmas Carol out at the library. Or even go online and look for a free PDF version of it that you could either read or download since it was released a long time ago and is out in the public domain. To help set the mood, each of our five episodes, each stave will also be introduced with a brief musical piece that was written between 1719 and 1843. These were the songs that the people in the times that the Christmas Carol story happened were singing in the streets to celebrate the season, and that Ebenezer Scrooge would give a bah humbug to as he walked by them in those streets. So sit back, relax with a cup of hot chocolate, and maybe a plate of those holiday cookies, and enjoy now stave number one, Marley's Ghost. Oh, and don't forget to share this with others. And if you subscribe to the podcast, you'll get these next four episodes and everything that comes out on the Off the Shelf podcast series sent to you. So, this is what's at the beginning of The Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens as he introduces the book. And I quote, I have endeavored in this ghostly little book to rise the ghost of an idea which shall not put my readers out of humor with themselves, with each other, with the season, or with me. May it haunt their houses pleasantly, and no one wish to lay it. Their faithful friend and servant, C.D., December 1843. And that was O Come All Ye Faithful, 
which was written in 1841. And now, stave five, the end of it. Stave five, the end of it. Yes, and the bedpost was his own. The bed was his own. The room was his own. Best and happiest of all, the time before him was his own to make amends in. I will live in the past, the present, and the future, Scrooge repeated as he scrambled out of bed. The spirits of all three shall strive within me. Oh, Jacob Marley, heaven, and the Christmas time be praised for this. I say it on my knees, old Jacob, on my knees. He was so fluttered and so glowing with his good intentions that his broken voice would scarcely answer to his call. He had been sobbing violently in his conflict with the spirit, and his face was wet with tears. They are not torn down, cried Scrooge, folding one of his bed curtains in his arms. They are not torn down, rings and all. They are here, and I am here. The shadows of the things that would have been may be dispelled. They will be. I know they will. His hands were busy with his garments all this time, turning them inside out, putting them on upside down, tearing them, mislaying them, making them parties to every kind of extravagance. I don't know what to do, cried Scrooge, laughing and crying in the same breath and making a perfect lacoon of himself with his stockings. I am as light as a feather. I am as happy as an angel. I am as merry as a schoolboy. I am as giddy as a drunken man. A merry Christmas to everybody. A happy new year to all the world. Hello here. Whoop. Hello. He had frisked into the sitting room and was now standing there, perfectly winded. There's the saucepan that the gruel was in, cried Scrooge, starting off again and going round the fireplace. There's the door by which the ghost of Jacob Marley entered. There's the corner where the ghost of Christmas present sat. There's the window where I saw the wandering spirits. It's all right. It's all true. It all happened. <laughs> really? For a man who had been out of practice for so many years, it was a splendid laugh, a most illustrious laugh, the father of a long, long line of brilliant laughs. I don't know what day of the month it is, said Scrooge. I don't know how long I've been among the spirits. I don't know anything. I'm quite a baby. Never mind. I don't care. I'd rather be a baby. Hello, whoop, hello here. He was checked in his transports by the churches, ringing out the lustiest peals he had ever heard. Clash, clang, hammer, ding, dong, bell. Bell, dong, ding, hammer, clang, clash. Oh, glorious, glorious. Running to the window, he opened it and put out his head. No fog, no mist. Clear, bright, jovial, stirring, cold, cold, piping for the blood to dance in. Golden sunlight, heavenly sky, sweet, fresh air, merry bells. Oh, glorious, glorious. 
What's today, cried Scrooge, calling downward to a boy in Sunday clothes who perhaps had loitered in to look about him? Eh? returned the boy, with all his might of wonder. What's today, my fine fellow? said Scrooge. Today, replied the boy. Why, Christmas Day. It's Christmas Day, said Scrooge to himself. I haven't missed it. The spirits have done it all in one night. They can do anything like they like. Of course they can. Of course they can. Hello, my fine fellow. Hello, returned the boy. Do you know the poulterers in the next street but one at the corner, Scrooge inquired. I sure hope I did, replied the lad. An intelligent boy, said Scrooge. A remarkable boy. Do you know whether they've sold the prize turkey that was hanging up there? Not the little prize turkey, the big one. What? The one as big as me, returned the boy? Do you know whether they've sold the prize turkey? What a delightful boy, said Scrooge. It's a pleasure to talk to him. Yes, my buck. It's hanging there now, replied the boy. Is it, said Scrooge. Go and buy it. Walker, explained, exclaimed the boy. No, no, said Scrooge. I am in earnest. Go and buy it and tell them to bring it here, that I may give them the direction where to take it. Come back with the man and I'll give you a shilling. Come back with him in less than five minutes and I'll give you half a crown. The boy was off like a shot. He must have had a steady hand at a trigger who could have got a shot off half so fast. I'll send it to Bon Crotchets, whispered Scrooge, rubbing his hands and splitting with a laugh. He shan't know who sends it. It's twice the size of Tiny Tim. Joe Miller never made such a joke as sending it to Bob's will be. The hand in which he wrote the address was not a steady one, but write it he did, somehow, and went downstairs to open the door, ready for the coming of the poulterer's man. As he stood there waiting his arrival, the knocker caught his eye. I shall love it. As long as I live, cried Scrooge, patting it with his hand. I scarcely ever looked at it before. What an honest expression it has on its face. It's a wonderful knocker. Here's the turkey. Hello. Whoop. How are you? Merry Christmas. It was a turkey. He never could have stood upon his legs, that bird. He would have snapped them short off in a minute, like sticks of sealing wax. Why, it's impossible to carry that to Camden Town, said Scrooge. You must have a cab. The chuckle with which he said this, and the chuckle with which he paid for the turkey, and the chuckle with which he paid for the cab, and the chuckle with which he recompensed the boy, were only to be exceeded by the chuckle with which he sat down breathless in his chair again and chuckled till he cried. Shaving was not an easy task for his hand continued to shake very much. And shaving requires attention, even when you don't dance while you are at it. But if he had cut the end of his nose off, he would have put a piece of sticking plaster over it and been quite satisfied. 
He dressed himself all in his best and at last got out into the streets. The people were by this time pouring forth as he had seen them with the ghost of Christmas present. And walking with his hands behind him, Scrooge regarded every one with a delighted smile. He looked so irresistibly pleasant in a word that three or four good-humored fellows said, Good morning, sir. A Merry Christmas to you. And Scrooge said often afterwards that of all the blithe sounds he had ever heard, those were the blithiest in his ears. He had not gone far when coming on towards him, he beheld the portly gentleman who had walked into his counting house the day before and said, Scrooge and Marley's, I believe. It sent a pang across his heart to think how this old gentleman would look upon him when they met. But he knew what path lay straight before him, and he took it. My dear sir, said Scrooge, quickening his pace and taking the old gentleman by both his hands, how do you do? I hope you succeeded yesterday. It was very kind of you. A Merry Christmas to you, sir. Mr. Scrooge? Yes, said Scrooge. That is my name, and I fear it may not be pleasant to you. Allow me to ask your pardon, and will you have the goodness? Here Scrooge whispered in his ear. Lord bless me, cried the gentleman, as if his breath were taken away. My dear Mr. Scrooge, are you serious? If you please, said Scrooge, not a farthing less. A great many paybacks are included in it, I assure you. Will you do me that favor? My dear sir, said the other, shaking hands with him, I don't know what to say to such munificence. Don't say anything, please, retorted Scrooge. Come and see me. Will you come and see me? I will, cried the old gentleman, and it was clear he meant to do it. Thank you, said Scrooge. I am much obliged to you. I thank you 50 times. Bless you. He went to church and walked about the streets and watched the people hurrying to and fro and patted children on the head and questioned beggars and looked down into the kitchens of houses and up to the windows and found that everything could yield him pleasure. He had never dreamed that any walk, that anything could give him so much happiness. In the afternoon, he turned his steps towards his nephew's house. He passed the door a dozen times before he had the courage to go up and knock. But he made a dash and did it. Is your master at home, my dear? said Scrooge to the girl. Nice girl, very. Yes, sir. Where is he, my love? said Scrooge. He's in the dining room, sir, along with the mistress. I'll show you upstairs if you please. Thank you. He knows me, said Scrooge, with his hand already on the dining room lock. I'll go in here, my dear. He turned it gently and sidled his face in round the door. They were looking at the table, which was spread out in great array. For these young housekeepers are always nervous on such points and like to see that everything is right. Fred, said Scrooge, dear heart alive, how his niece by marriage started. Scrooge had forgotten for the moment about her sitting in the corner with the footstool 
or he wouldn't have done it on any account. Why, bless my soul, cried Fred. Who's that? It's I, your Uncle Scrooge. I have come to dinner. Will you let me in, Fred? Let him in? It is a mercy he didn't shake his arm off. He was at home in five minutes. Nothing could be heartier. His niece looked just the same. So did Topper when he came in. So did the plump sister when she came. So did everyone when they came. Wonderful party. Wonderful games. Wonderful animity. Wonderful happiness. But he was early at the office next morning. Oh, he was early there. If he could only be there first and catch Bob Cratchit coming late. That was the thing he had set his heart upon. And he did it. Yes, he did. The clock struck nine. No, Bob. A quarter past. No, Bob. He was full 18 minutes and a half behind his time. Scrooge sat with his door wide open that he might see him come into the tank. His hat was off before he opened the door, his comforter too. He was on his stool in a jiffy, driving away with his pen, as if he were trying to overtake nine o'clock. Hello, growled Scrooge in his accustomed voice as near as he could feign it. What do you mean by coming here at this time of day? I'm very sorry, sir, said Bob. I... I am behind my time. You are, repeated Scrooge. Yes, I think you are. Step this way, sir, if you please. It's only once a year, sir, pleaded Bob, appearing from the tank. It shall not be repeated. I was making rather merry yesterday, sir. Now, I'll tell you what, my friend, said Scrooge. I'm not going to stand this sort of thing any longer. And therefore, he continued, leaping from his stool and giving Bob such a dig in the waistcoat that he staggered back into the tank again. And therefore, I'm about to raise your salary. Bob trembled and got a little nearer to the ruler. He had a momentary idea of knocking Scrooge down with it, holding him and calling to the people in the court for help in a straight waistcoat. A Merry Christmas, Bob, said Scrooge, with an earnestness that could not be mistaken. As he clapped him on the back, a merrier Christmas, Bob, my good fellow, than I have given you for many a year. I'll raise your salary and endeavor to assist your struggling family, and we will discuss your affairs this very afternoon over a Christmas bowl of smoking bishop, Bob. Make up the fires and buy another coal scuttle before you dot another eye, Bob Cratchit. Scrooge was better than his word. He did it all, and infinitely more. And to Tiny Tim, who did not die, he was a second father. He became as good a friend, as good a master, and as good a man as the good old city knew, or any other good old city, town, or borough in the good old world. Some people laughed to see the alteration in him, but he let them laugh and little heeded them. For he was wise enough to know that nothing ever happened on this globe for good, at which some people did not have their fill of laughter in the outset. In knowing that such as these would be blind anyway, he thought it quite as well that they should wrinkle up their eyes in grins as have the malady in less attractive forms. His own heart laughed, and that was quite enough for him. He had no further intercourse with spirits, 
but lived upon the total abstinence principle ever afterwards. And it was always said of him that he knew how to keep Christmas well. If any man alive possessed the knowledge, may that be said of us and all of us. And so, as Tiny Tim observed, God bless us, everyone. Stay five, the end of it. Our reader for Stay 5 was Elizabeth Betsy Arnold, a Susquehanna County Commissioner. Thank you, Betsy, for volunteering to be a reader of this holiday classic and for your support of the Library and the Historical Society. It was wonderful that we were able to have all three of our county commissioners read a stave for our community. I'm Howard, and I hope you enjoyed the last five podcasts providing you this wonderful holiday classical story. I'm sure that Charles Dickens would be so happy to know that our podcasting technology has provided a new way for people to enjoy his wonderful story. As we close, we want to wish you all the best of the holiday season, Merry Christmas, and let us not forget what Tiny Tim said, God bless us, everyone. Have a wonderful Christmas, the very best to you in 2021.